Welcome back to The Andrew Curtis Show. And I'm continuing on with a theme. I didn't intend to start the year with a theme, but I've learned to follow my fascinations. And so when I began just a few weeks ago by speaking with some friends of mine, Marcus and Joe Slagle, around some choices that they'd made in their life to change things up, it got me curious about who else I could speak to within this light. Because we've all got things that we want to do with our lives. Uh, that's not a rare thing. What's rare is finding those who would say, yes, I'm actually on that path. Uh, I know what I want and I know where I'm going. And so because of that, and I like to think partly because of, of some of the choices and mindsets that I've shifted, I've started to run into more people who share that same mode of thinking. And one of those people in particular is Vicki Miller. And she runs a program called Compass Checkers. And I was able to meet with her through a friend of a friend and one of those mutual coincidences and immediately picked up that she was somebody who was very much committed to this, the same approach of saying, well, what if, what if we paid attention to those desires that we had within us? What if they were cues to where we wanted to go in our lives? And then how do we make those things happen? So that's a long way of saying that when I thought about who I wanted to speak to in a follow-up of that same vein, Vicky came to mind immediately. And so fortunately for you and for me, Vicky joins me again today. Hey, Vicky, how are you? Hey, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Um, so why don't we start with a, a bit of a discussion around what Compass Checkers is and what led you to start it as well? Absolutely. Uh, from a practical point of view, Compass Checkers is a group that meets once a month on a Thursday night in Auckland, a live event. And it's a workshop with various elements uh, along a theme, but with the grander theme being to have a place to come together and check our compass for each of us as individuals to make sure that we're on track for where we want to go in life. And that may look very different from person to person. But my experience is that if we're not consistently checking to make sure we're on track, then it's very easy to either get off track or just stay still and stuck and not get anywhere. So mm -hmm. I wanted to create a place for us to get together and some structure around that. I tend to attract creative type people as I'm a creative type person myself. And we do need some structure and some organization in our lives and some support as we pursue our creative dreams. So that's yeah. kind of where creative, um, where Compass Checkers was created. In fact, even thinking about that now too, um, it's great how metaphors kind of reveal different layers to you over time too. And I was thinking oh, yeah. just when you were saying that about that idea of a compass as well, and there's something to do with a sensitivity with a, with a compass as well, right? That it, that it Ooh, requires yes. a stillness and a, <laughs> oh, I love it. an internal checking, right? That suddenly goes, yeah. wait a minute, am I, where am I pointing? Like, like what's going mm. on? What, what's mm. been your experience of that? Oh, absolutely. That's been a theme of my life just recently as well, coming out of the Christmas and January holidays, mm. uh, spending a lot of time at the beach and with family. I love Auckland in the summer. It's just a mm. beautiful place to be. And I've wanted to be really intentional about taking that mindset and attitude and state of being of peace and calm into my year because I find that when a lot of events and things are happening all around me and my to-do list starts spiraling out of control, that's mm. when I need to come back to that stillness and that place of, am I moving in the direction that I want to go or have I gotten distracted by busy work and mm. do I need to stop and still myself and let that compass stop sort of whirling around, around, around in all different directions because I'm trying to work out what's going on and yeah. let it come back to point me back to north again. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, what I've observed too, and this is true for myself as well with a lot of the, the content that I create, is that yeah. a lot of the content we create comes from the, the challenges that we've had that have, have led up to this point. And so for uh-huh. me, personal development and things like that comes from a lot of the challenges I experienced with my own sense of self-worth and self-esteem back in the day as well. But for yeah. this being Compass Checkers and for you, it, it does make me curious to say, you know, what was the, what was life like for you? If I go back, say 10 years ago, did you, did this kind of grow out of that sense of, of not being connected to where you were heading? Like what was the genesis to go back that far? I've always, ever since a little girl, been very ambitious, I guess, uh-huh. and very driven and very creative and yeah. feeling like I'm forging a path that hasn't been forged before but as an adult realizing that all of us are doing that even if we're following a a traditional trajectory in terms of our career in terms of our lives we're still creating a life for ourselves that is absolutely new and has never been lived before and Mm. I'm all about the the combination of like you mentioned before things that fascinate us um it's it's rare to find someone who's only fascinated by one thing that it seems, it seems to be that one thing leads to another leads to another. And it's that combination that is so interesting, but I've also tried to balance that ambition with knowing where do I want to apply my talents? Where do I want to apply my skills? Where do I want to build something that's worthwhile rather than just rushing from this and putting a brick over here and putting a brick over there and putting a brick over there. But I want to put enough bricks in one place until something is built and finished. Yeah. And with a background in musical theater and writing and producing, I have discovered about myself that I'm a projects person that I Uh like to create a project, put it on, know that it's done and finished. I've produced many of my own musicals and some for other organizations as well. And I like the fact that there's a beginning of the rehearsals and then there's an end of closing night. I I worked on TV for a little while and we were producing season after season. And I, I found that that didn't really suit me because it was always trying to find something new within the same thing, but knowing that there was never an actual end date in sight and that helped me as well. So I do like to have, a creative project and finish it and then that becomes part of the canon the palette of my life's work does that yeah. make sense oh totally in fact mm-hmm. you're you're actually inspiring me down another line too that i know yeah. you mentioned particularly that your um yeah that compass checkers tends to att- attract creative type people and i, I can personally yes. attest to that too from the people i've seen there mm. one thing that i have heard from creative people in particular is that they tend to be you mentioned it too, skilled or interested across a whole bunch of different areas. Oh, yes. yes. And so they struggle. And I, I would say this for myself as well, struggle to choose. Like, what do I, <laughs> what do, I do? What do I not do? So what would you, what, what's been some lessons you've learned on that front? Oh gosh, that is a huge area. And um, one coach that I have to give uh, honor to for helping me with this is an American lady called Barbara Schur. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of her work has been so seminal for me. When I was in my early 20s, I read a book of hers called I Could Do Anything If Only I Knew What It Was. And oh, that really that. sums up That's where I was at title. the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I know because you, you sort of, you, you leave school and you're in your early 20s and you've got all this energy and passion and dreams and plans and ideas, but it's like, where do I direct them? Yeah. Where do I put them? And Can, that I, can I tell you, it's a weird, it's a funny little side oh. note just quickly. I, I always had it, like, I make fun of them all the time, but I've always had a weird kind of jealousy of people who are like accountants or like oh, people who are like really good at just one thing. 
Like if you just, yes. if you just like, I knew this guy. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I knew this guy who who was all about like getting into finance and all this kind of stuff. And so we got into yes. working in banking and like straight out of uni, he's like, this was his dream job. It was what he wanted. And I was like, what is that even like? <laughs> yes. How does that feel? <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. I just thought I'd just Oh, no, that's that. okay. But I've, I've, I've always been jealous of those people as well. But I think yeah. in this day and age, in my experience, they tend to be the exception rather than the rule. True, and I true, thought true. that everybody knows what they want except me. And wow. I realized that that's not actually the case. And Barbara Scher's work gave me almost permission to mm. accept myself as I am and Gosh. to go, there's not something wrong with me. It's actually mm. part of my strength and yeah. the different things that I've done, especially musical theater, because musical theater is one of the most collaborative of the art forms. You've, sure. If you know a little bit about visual art and design, if you know a little mm. bit about people management, if you know a little bit oh, about sure. music, a little bit about all those things as a producer and as a writer coming up with a concept from a blank page, it's actually really helpful to know a little bit about all of those things. Mm. And you hear the classic, and I had the sit down with the careers consultant conversation about, and she actually said, you don't want to end up as a jack of all trades and a master of none. And right. that's a phrase that gets thrown about. But my response to that is why are there, they the only two choices? Why are wow, they the only two choices great. to be a jack of yeah. all trades or to be, and to be a master of none? And um, there are various variations on that. But again, Barbara Scher's work helped me understand that to be a master at one thing is awesome, but to mm. be uh, pretty good at two or three things is actually really powerful as well. And that's yeah. something that can position you quite strategically and uniquely in a marketplace in an entrepreneurial sense, or mm. and particularly as a creative, if you've got um, areas of expertise that you can bring together to make them work for you and having the boldness and the courage to accept that about yourself and to stand up and say, this is who I am. This is what I love. This is what I've developed. Here is my work. And that's one of those things too, that I feel is a, even to say it is really straightforward, right? But that, uh, that journey of doing that, like it's something we, we talked about before briefly as well. Like I, in my words, I would say that I've entertained thoughts sometimes that life will be so much easier if I was somebody else. Because I'm aware of what my skills are and I'm aware of other people's are. And I think I don't have whatever I feel like I need for the next thing, but this other person does. And if only I had that completely forgetting kind of like what you mentioned, right? That they're sitting in their little box with the same kind of thing going, well, okay, this is great. But if I had whatever. So what was, what was some of the journey for you with that? Like, how did you learn? I mean, you know, how did you learn that? How did you start to work through that process of being, not only just okay, but excited about who you were and the particular skills you had, where that could lead you as well with your future? It's a great question and, and I haven't nailed it, but I've, I think I've always been a little bit of a quiet rebel. Okay. I do the right thing on the outside and then go and do whatever I want in my <laughs> own spare time. And I, 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 was a, I was such a good girl growing up. I, I, I did the work and got the grades and did what the teachers wanted Sure. to make them like me and accept me. But at the same time, there was something, I think, do you know what it was, Andrew? I think it's a, it's, I actually have a really low tolerance for boredom and yeah. doing what I feel like I should do. Mm. And I, I almost physically, and you can't see me, but I'm, I almost physically can't sit still and I can't do that for very long. And yeah. it's almost like a physical incapacity to be mm. able to continue in a path that is not 
gelling or aligning with who I am and where I want to go. And I think, again, just giving myself permission to follow my bliss, yes. to borrow a phrase, and to, to follow those rabbit trails. And um, I think we've talked in the past about trying to, at the same time as that, be aware of being financially responsible for myself sure. while I follow those trails. So rather than just, I don't know, going and, and saying to hell with everyone, I'm going to do what I want to do because I want to do it. Yeah. But to find a way to be responsible in that, to get the basics sorted so that I then have free time and resources to do what I really love to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I find that the courage in that is to, is to first be able to acknowledge in those moments where you're not completely engaged in what you're doing for whatever reason. Yes. And to be able to yes. ask yourself, you know, why that is, you know, is that true, first of all? Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got a friend who is much more, um, if I was to say, safety conscious. You know, wants that kind of more predictable, regular life, and wants to be able to, you know, get a house and a mortgage and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm not against yeah. any of those things. And so I know for him, he would he would experience different things differently than I would. Yes. But in any case, being able to look at it for myself and say, okay am I just saying that I want this? Am I just saying that I'm okay with this? Am I, yeah. like you say, am I just bored or is it that I don't believe in what I'm doing? Like, yeah. it's amazing when you start to ask those questions when the answers come, right? And then you go, oh, no, I'm going to do oh, something. Yes. Yeah. And being able to have those conversations with yourself and be able to be honest with you. And that's something I think we've talked about too, Andrew, is, is, mm. is coming to a place where you can be really honest with yourself, if with no one else. Yeah. And just acknowledge yeah. what's working and what's not working. And, Something else I was thinking just as you were talking is remembering that we only have one life. We only, yeah. We're only doing this once. And so I, I just feel like it's too much of a waste to not take a risk on the things that are the most important. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've talked as well about the, um, the, the idea of VCR problems, and I'm going to recap that for people yes. who haven't heard that kind of idea before. But I think if, if, if you're listening to this right now and wondering how to apply this for yourself, I want to acknowledge the challenge in that. And it's why I said before, sometimes you hear a, an explanation and it sounds very simple, mm-hmm. but it's actually more complex to try and do for yourself. And the example actually comes from a book that if you're sensitive to uh, strong language, you won't enjoy, but it's called The mm-hmm. Subtle Art of Not Giving a and you can probably figure out what the rest of it is by Googling it. Um, but, the, but the writer talks about this story of when he was a kid, he loved to play with technology. And so he became the only one in his house that knew how to program the VCR. And so what he found was happening was that when things happened like that, his, you know, people would ask him, can you program the VCR for me? But then they would ask him questions like, well, how do you do that? And he would say back to them, well, I mean, in some ways you, you just program the VCR. Like it's not, that complicated but what you realize is that there's a lot of thinking and insecurity on the path on the on the part of the person asking and i think that's you know part of the honesty within ourselves right vicky that you've got to be able to say well if it's like saying you know how do i meet new people so well you go places and you talk (laughs) i mean it's 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 not complicated but what you're really saying is well actually i feel a bit insecure or i don't know what to say or what if they don't like me that's really the challenge underneath the hood right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yep, underneath the hood is where it's all really going on because that's where the engine and the power is. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, that's so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me about tell me about some of the conversations then you've you've had with people where you've kind of looked to unpack this with them. Like, what have been some of the common things you've heard from people as they have started to explore this for themselves and yes. find out 
where their compass is aligning if particularly they don't feel like they've been true to that in the past. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. The differences in people's stories are very broad, but the similarities are also very similar. <laughs> That's so um, true. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sorry, carry on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's good to remember that underneath the hood, we're all very much the same. We're all just doing the best we can with the revelation that we have. But yeah. uh, one of my clients that sprang to mind when you were asking that question is a, a young girl, actually, who hasn't had time to make too many wrong choices. And right. so she has identified that she loves to write songs and sing. And okay. she stepped out by uh, asking if I would do some songwriting coaching with her. Mm. Um, but seeing her talent and her ambition and just the beauty of the person that she is, I very quickly encouraged her to not just write a bunch of songs, but to actually plan to produce an EP. Wow. And she, she gave me all these reasons why she couldn't do that. <laughs> and um, one by one, I, I showed her that she could. And then suddenly she was left without any excuses, mm. except for the fact that I'm really scared right now. Oh, that's wow. the only thing that's keeping me from doing this is that I'm really scared right now mm. because she said, I've, I, I don't have anywhere to practice. And I said, well, you could go to a, an, an aged care <laughs> facility. They're always looking for people to come and, and perform. And that just the, the change of her face was, um, was really interesting to observe because yes. she was going from a place of safety and here's the, all the reasons why I can't. And right. I'm secure in that knowledge. And then as soon as I took that particular reason away, suddenly there was no reason for her to not do what she said she wanted to do. Yeah. But, uh, and I think I'm realizing this as well, is that when we come to face to face with something that changes the way we see ourselves, wow. that's yeah. when, um, really deep stuff comes up because suddenly she went from someone who'd like to be a singer, but knows that she can't. Mm. She became someone who, if I don't do this, then I'm going to regret it. And I've got no excuse. Yeah. And so looking at what that, what things mean about ourselves, I think, and the story that we tell ourselves about things is a real key. But if you can understand that, then you can work with it. Yeah. Vicky, that is so, there's so much in that. There is so mm -hmm. much in that, that, that question of, I mean, I love to think of answering, uh, answering that question for yourself or being prepared to ask it anyway. Yeah. What, yeah. If, if this doesn't work, what do I think it says about me? Yes. Yes. And conversely, if this does work, what yeah. does that say about me? Am I prepared yes. to, in, in her case, am I prepared mm. to sit out from my family and friends and put myself up on a stage with a microphone in front of me and sure. say, I am the kind of person who is worth listening to because yeah. that is a huge thing as well. That's so true. Yeah. Like I am, I am talented enough that yes. other people should pay money to listen to me perform. Exactly. Or at least I think I'm talented enough for that. Other yeah. people should pay money. Yes. Yeah. 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 Gosh. Yeah. Because until, until you believe in yourself, you're not going to invite other people to believe in you. Mm. Though, though I think too, what, what I love about your approach there as well is that we, you know, we like to believe that the, the feeling of being good enough will come first. <laughs> and, and then when we're in yeah. that, then we'll be like, okay, now I know that I'm ready. Yeah. And I have found, in fact, it's in the, the same, in the, um, the subtle art, <laughs> again, that yes. you talked about this idea of uh, how motivation tends to flow from action and not the other way around. Oh, that, you yes. know, we wait to be motivated and then I'll do something. And yet sometimes it's just a matter of doing anything. And I know this is true for me. Like 
I, I fall into that trap where you just don't do anything for ages because you're not motivated. And you think, no, no, if I just do something. Yes. And in her case, yeah. right? Like, yeah. how do you get to the point of feeling like you're good enough in anything? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Because you, yes. Oh, I'm just trying to remember the quote. It's not, you, you don't have to be perfect to get started, but you have to get started to be, to become better. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. That's yeah. It's so not good. until you get out there and, and do the thing that you're wanting to do that you actually get better at it. Well, I'll tell you actually one of my favorite quotes, and this will be a, a paraphrase as well. I actually heard from, um, uh, from a message someone was speaking once that they, they mm. talked about this idea of confidence, right? And how we, we want to be confident before we do something. Um, yeah. And think particularly yeah. like, say, learning how to ride a bike or whatever it is. Like, we want to be confident first. And if we're doing something we've never mm. done before, or in fact, I won't cop out, I'll say this for myself. If I'm doing something I've never done before, I check myself and say, wait, do I feel confident? And if mm. in the past, if confidence wasn't there, I would take that as a sign that I'm not supposed to do it. Yes. And what I started to learn was that actually confidence only comes after you've done something. Yeah. So, like riding a bike, you know, like, are you confident the first time you ride a bike? Well, no, not really. Nah. Uh, but after you've done it a few times, do you get confident? You know, yeah, you do. So yes. it's a long yes. way of saying that what I realized for myself was I didn't need to ask myself if I had confidence. What I needed to do was say, yeah, but can I have courage? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think if we can get to a place of being okay with being uncomfortable and mm. okay with being a beginner again, mm. and we've yeah. before um, children don't have the same story attached to learning a new skill True. because they – everything is so new to them and there's so many things they can't do and they just mm. want to do it and they just want to have a go until they get it right. And, mm. and we, we encourage them and we nurture them. And we tell them that was amazing. You did such a great <laughs> job. Your picture is a masterpiece, even though right. I can't work out exactly what it's supposed to be. Right. And, and we encourage that. And then being able to uh, offer ourselves as adults the same kindness and go, of course, you don't know how to do it properly yet because you've only just started. You're a beginner. Yeah. But we hate that feeling of being a beginner again. And um, I've, I've seen it in my piano students as well, particularly. I, I love to teach piano to adults uh, because I want to bust the myth that it's too late for me and because I, I didn't learn as a child. I'm like, no, you can start anytime. I can show you some basics. It's awesome. But I've seen people really sabotage themselves because they can't get past this feeling of my fingers aren't working, I don't understand, I can't get sure. this. And some people will actually give up at that point, even though I'm watching them and as the teacher – I'm saying, no, you're, you're exactly where you need to be. But mm. they just can't get past that being okay with that uncomfortable feeling. Are you familiar with uh, Carol Dweck's work on mindset? No. So uh, when you were saying that, it reminded me of a lot of her work because she talked particularly about creative pursuits as well. Um, and one mm. of the, the things that she talked about was there's this view that intelligence is fixed. Um, yeah. And for the sake of clarity, I would say too, there's a difference between in terms of like IQ versus, you know, the, you know, the, the skills and things we can develop. And so sure. when she's talking about intelligence, she's talking about those skills that we can develop, you know, that there are people who are, who are good at art and there are those who are not, there are people who are good communicators and there are those who are not, and either you've mm -hmm. got it or you don't got it. And if you don't got it, you'll never have it. And it's yeah. a, it's a fixed, it's a fixed view of, of who, yeah. you know, of who we are. And she contrasts that with, what she calls a growth mindset, which is basically just that through time and effort, you can improve at anything. Absolutely. And, 
And the amazing thing about her work in particular, and it speaks to what you're saying with piano lessons, was that people's results ultimately just came down to which of those mindsets they had and nothing, nothing more. Yeah. If people absolutely. believe that they could improve with time and effort, then they would. Mm. Mm. That's right. And I think another thing that, that stands in the way is that in our culture, we tend to think that if I'm, if I'm going to pursue something, I have to be the absolute best in the world at it. Otherwise mm. it's not worth pursuing. Yeah. But, right. But in any, in, in art or in music or in, in so many fields, to be really good at something is awesome and you don't have to be better than or compare yourself to other people because if you are fulfilling a, a role or a job and doing well in the sphere that you're doing, you don't have to be the rock star of that. Right. Well, and, and also you don't have to, you don't have to um, professionalize everything. Exactly. Yes. You don't have to be like, if you decide that you want to become, you want to learn piano, it doesn't yeah. mean that this has to be like a, an alternative source of income for you. No, no. And, and yet, isn't that the, I mean, I've, I've seen and observed yeah. that a lot of times with people when they've got particular passions and interests. And you say, you know, you yeah. can just develop that to the highest yeah. level you want just because it brings you joy. And that yes. is enough. And that is enough. And it become, it makes you a more rounded and more completed person. And even if you can't measure it, it's going to make you better at the other things that you do as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that I think leads into a little bit too of, I know what some of the um, topics are that you're planning on covering in future with Compass Checkers as well. So I'd love to touch on some of that because one of the things that I know you're looking to address in the upcoming um, meeting with the group is this idea of what it means to really have love and compassion for ourselves. So can you yes. explain how that connects with your overall overall goals for Compass Checkers and people's sense of fulfillment and, and purpose? Totally. It's a theme that I've seen coming up more and more, and I recognize it in my own life as well. So the theme for February 2019, Compass Checkers, is living from love, enjoying mm. who you are in all that you do. And I think one of the biggest things that that holds us back as creatives and, and we are all creatives, whether or not we think we are, yeah. is not quite believing in ourselves and not quite seeing ourselves as worthy or valuable to no. pursue the things we want to do. And it's a theme that's come up in all the different kinds of coaching that I do, whether it's creative, whether it's I run a, a course on pinpointing your purpose in life. And uh, I didn't realize when I started that I actually needed to spend a lot more time on helping people to really value themselves and stop beating up on themselves and have compassion in the way that you would have compassion on someone else yeah. where, where for ourselves, we tend to go, why, why haven't I gotten there yet? And why is this so hard for me? And how come this and how come that? And, and to come from a place of love is first of all, a much pleasanter play, way to live your life. And secondly, it makes, it unmuddies the creative reservoir within us mm. because if we're always bringing our critical analytical right. thinking to right from the start, I mean, there's a, obviously there's a place for critical thinking and a place for analysis and logic and structure around our creativity, whether that's a creative work or creating our life and what we want our life to look like. If we, if we start from a place of criticism, it immediately puts a lid and a cap on all the possibilities and all the imagination and creativity that could come forward. Because as soon as an idea pops up, it's like, no, that's stupid. No, that's dumb. Yeah. Who do you think you are? That's ridiculous. That's so much like that idea or that's just never going to work. And yeah. it aborts the entire creative process. But if we 
are enjoying who we are and if we're just seeing our life as a place of play and creativity and my ideas are valid and so I'm going to bring them whether or not um, they end up being used or whether they end up leading to something purposeful, yeah. it's like the ultimate brainstorm. You know, there's no mm. bad ideas and yet we do it, we edit ourselves so soon and so often. And so, yeah, looking to, looking to up the ante or up the level of self-love that we have for ourselves to help people live happier lives, first of all, and also more productively. Yeah, because it contrasts with a very strong movement philosophy, mm. perhaps, that is present in my observation, and that is the one around self-esteem compared yes. to, say, something like self-compassion, which I think is a, a way of describing the, the approach that you're coming from. And mm. one of my favorite writers on this topic is uh, Kristen Neff, and she talked about this idea of, of self-esteem and how it's this double-edged sword, right, that we... Yeah. Self-esteem says to you, you know, you can be the greatest, you can be the best in the world. And that's kind of what you were saying before as well, right? Like with anything that we start to do for the first time, you can be the best, you can be the greatest, no one's as good as you are. And Mm. the problem with that line of thinking is that those words come back to beat you into the ground when you make a mistake later on. Because you said you were the best. You said you were going to be the greatest. You said this time was going to be different. You said that whatever. Mm. And it's a vicious cycle. I mean, again, I, I... I'm half laughing when I say it because it's something yeah. from experience that that's, and that's how you think you need to be motivated, right? Like, Oh no, I just need to give myself a good kick in the butt. Like how many times I hate it. Whenever I hear somebody say that, I just got to give myself a good kick in the butt. It's, you really think you need to be physically assaulted. Like that's the key. Yeah. That's the pathway yeah. to that's great creativity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I talk about that. Um, cause I was just launching my marketing for compass checkers today yeah. and I was talking about the the, the sergeant major approach to mm. motivation and mm. we've seen that um, in, in military movies for so many years and sure. the health and fitness industry kind of went there for a while but I think there's been a swing away from that to realize that that the kick in the butt and the beating ourselves up and other people up and mm. yelling and screaming until the results come in mm. may be effective sometimes and in the short term but like I said it's it's not a nice way to live your life and I don't think it's a healthy way no. to be moving forward consistently. No. And yeah, there are, I've, I've seen love transform much more powerfully than fear essentially and yes. belittling and berating. Well, you'd never, you'd never tra- treat somebody else like that. I mean, imagine if that was what? literally what no. you did. Like you had a, a you know, maybe you're a parent, you've got a kid, like imagine if you physically kicked oh, them every time, like yes. that's like repulsive and everything within us. We just know you shouldn't yes. do that. But oh, beat yourself up! Absolutely, kick the crap out of that guy. Woo! Sick of him. It's it's almost seen as noble as well to to beat yourself up. And oh yeah, I pushed really hard and I worked really hard and I struggled. It's a very New Zealand thing to do, I think, as well. Very New Zealand, New Zealand, Australasian thing to yes, to honour the (laughs) the beating oneself up. Yeah, you know what? I actually I heard this. Um, it was an amazing phrase that um, there's a YouTuber named Anna Akana, and she does a bunch of posting around mental health and things like that. But she, yeah. she did this episode on when you hear other people criticizing themselves, like yes. what what should you say? And it was really yeah. cool. She she just had this one line where what she would do when one of her friends she would hear them criticizing themselves is she would go out to them and say, "Hey, stop being mean to my friend." Yes, I love it. So good, it. right? Yeah, because that's what you're doing. You're being mean to my friend. That happens to be you. Yeah, exactly. Stop yeah. being mean to my friend. That's really cool. I'm going to yes. steal that and give her credit in a podcast at some point in the future. <laughs> Excellent. 
Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so tell me more then in terms of what you're looking to do with, with Compass Checkers and, and this, uh, you know, this obviously this event coming up as well, but like, what is, what is the, what is the goal for you in this? Like what makes it fundamentally fulfilling for you? Why do you keep doing it? Great question. <laughs> it's always good to check the why that's part of the compass. I think Andrew, that I fundamentally love people and mm. I want to see them set free and I want to see them being able to create and to bring to the world the uniqueness of their own experiences and viewpoints and thoughts and imagination. And I want them to enjoy that process and enjoy who they are. And to me, that's such a foundational and fundamental thing. And I, um, I don't know whether it's just me and whether it's just my personality, but I, I like to get to the bottom of everything and make yeah. sure that the foundation of something is strong. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to just teach people how to be creative without going under the hood. As you say, yeah. I want to be able to go under the hood and go, let's make sure that what's under the hood is really healthy. And so much of it starts with our relationship with ourself. And, you know, Whitney Houston famously sang, learning to love yourself. It is the greatest love of all. Right. And so let's start there at that place with um, a living from a place of love. First of mm. all, as I've said, it's going to make life a lot happier. And yeah. then um, you're going to be in a healthier place to be able to then help the people around you. So I do, I think because I'm operating out of a fundamental personal belief that every person is valuable, every person is worthy, every person has a unique creative contribution to make, and every person is a creative genius because we all have thoughts that no one else has ever thought before or perspectives and combinations of experiences that are unique to us. And that makes us valuable. Just the fact that we are a creative individual human being makes us valuable. And from there we can produce and create and make the world a better place. I love that. I heard one writer once put it as define creativity as simply the ability to create all around of chaos. Yes. And I thought that was wonderful, particularly for those who, again, maybe listening to this and maybe you're a little more administrative, like, you know, we've been talking a lot about the arts and that kind of thing. Oh, yes. You know, I often say to my, whenever I see my accountant, I've said this to her a number of times, that people like her make people like me possible. Exactly. Um, you know, That's otherwise, right. Otherwise, I'd be in jail for tax evasion and, and not because I want to evade taxes, but because they'd send me a form and I'd be like, I'm sure this is fine. This will be no yeah. problem. <laughs> you know? Yes. But, but she yes. can do that. You know, she can, she can look at that and she can see what I can't see and she can do exactly. it in five minutes and it would take me three months. Uh, and exactly. I'd it wrong. So. Yeah. And there's, there's creativity in that as well. And her yes. area of expertise is, uh, is numbers and tax mm. law and mm. what's involved with there. And she can take all this stuff and find a creative solution, a creative way to uh, display data, a creative way to record it and to find the best uh, outcomes for what your dreams and goals financially are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, it reminds me too of something else we have talked about, that that in those moments as well, I think the challenge to each one of us is that we allow people to like what they like, particularly when it's yes. very different from what we're into. Yes. You know, yeah. like you, you get into arguments with people over what their favorite food is or should be, uh, you know, a movie yes. that they liked or that you liked and they didn't or you didn't and they did. Yes. And yeah. And we try and argue with them why they should like something differently. Oh. But, you know, all, all we do is invalidate one another when we do that and it stifles exactly. creativity. Oh, and I love meeting people who've got wider interests and things that I can learn from and things that yeah. I've um, never thought of before. And unless there's an actual legal or moral 
question mark over what someone's telling me they want to do. I'm like, <laughs> yes. want to do that? That's awesome. Yes. Disclaimer, <laughs> so disclaimer. If I want to run guns and uh, in Syria, maybe don't do that. Uh, it's like, maybe oh, yes, I don't think I can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you might need a different group to help you with that. But you know what I mean? It's like everyone yeah. comes up with stuff that you think I would never have thought of that in a million years, but I'm so glad that you've got that covered. That's, yeah. That part of our world is covered by people like you. Yeah. And it's so, you know, I, I feel like in those moments too, your ability to connect with someone is so much stronger when you can honor mm. the things that they're into. Um, oh, yes. You know, I've found in my experience in, uh, you know, in training and coaching people in a, in a business setting, when I've asked, in fact, there was one, one story in particular. And I remember I was sitting with a group of people and we had a bit of extra time. So we just started talking about our interests. And mm. so one of the people in the group makes this comment and they said, um, Oh, I really like rock music. You know, I'm really into these kind of rock bands and things like that. And I was like, cool. Like yeah. which bands are you into? Like, you know, and, and this look kind of flashed across her face and I was like, okay. Uh, and then a little while later, within a couple of minutes, she said, actually, I really like sharks. And it was, <laughs> kind of lit. and it's like, I, I, I realized what she was doing was she was kind of testing the water with something she kind of likes, but it's not really yes. everything she's wow. about. Hey, here's this thing about me. How are you going to respond? What are you going to do yeah. when you find out this thing that I love? And that's because, yes, yeah, and because we're able to say no, you know what? That's cool. We like you for that. She was able to a little while later say, actually, this is the thing that I really like. We go, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Nice to meet yeah. you finally. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, because I, I think something about that, that creativity that I'd love to explore with you as well, and, and yeah, we've kind of danced around the outside of this is that there is something so intensely personal as well about oh, being yes. creative about making something that yeah. to to be creative is to put something of yourself into it which is why it's so difficult to mm. hear criticism around those things so can you tell me a little bit about your experience of learning to work through that side of being creative as well and and understanding that our hearts are in it but it also makes us much more vulnerable to criticism Absolutely. And I think something that's helped me is the metaphor of having a child. Right. Well, yep. I haven't had a, a child physically, but when you have Neither have I, child, it's fine. <laughs> when, you, when you have a child, it will always be yours in one sense. But mm. as soon as it, it hits the world, it becomes its own entity and yeah. things, it, it goes out into the world and other people become part of its life and other people become part of its direction. And yeah. It depends if you want to, if you want to hold that child to yourself and keep it forever and never mm. let it engage with anyone else, or if you want to send it out into the world to be the best thing of its kind that it can be. And mm. um, with pieces of, for example, musical theatre that I've written for other organisations and other companies, where I've written to a brief rather mm. than written something out of my personal, this is what I want to do as a passion project. Yeah. When you do allow others to speak into it, if you can get over the personal vulnerability, it mm. does actually make it a stronger work. If everyone mm. speaking into it is on the same page of what its purpose is, mm. if that mm. makes sense. And mm. that's been very helpful for me because I, there are times when I am completely the creative boss of something and my opinion is really the only one that matters because it's my show, it's my company, I get to do what I want. Right. But even then I've learned the value in running it past people who mm. are in the know and to receive their feedback 
And sometimes it will make me go, oh, actually, that's a great idea and it helps solve a yeah. problem. And other times I'll be like, oh, you know what? I don't actually agree. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But to get to that point, I had to be okay with separating my identity from the work that I have created to well, the I, extent that it's possible to do that. Well, I mean, I love the thought that you said that it's really about letting it mature, right? Like it, letting yeah. it get to a yeah. point where it can stand without you. Yeah. Uh, you know, the risk of overextending the metaphor, right? But I mean, that's like what, what, what parenting goals are. (laughs) Again, two non-parents talking about parenting goals and people hate this kind of thing. Um, But, but, you know, for me, I I look at that and thinking the goal of parenting is that the child gets to the point where they are self-sufficient and to get that work. Like that's what success is, you know, like this show stands on its own. Now this Mm. painting stands on its own. This song is its own thing with or without me. And that's how I know it's mature. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I, again, I, carry on. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say a, a great example. Uh, I was thinking of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies. Yes. Yep. Um, in a sense, they're very much a reflection of Peter Jackson and his vision yes. for them. But uh-huh. in another sense, now that they're out in the world, as a New Zealander, I feel like those movies are part of my cultural heritage now. Right. As a lover yeah. of fantasy and um, fiction, I feel yeah. like they are part of my um my favorite movies. And so therefore a little part of them belong to me. And so mm. even though Peter Jackson can always be incredibly proud of what he's done, mm. he had to um, direct a team of people together. He had to trust his costume people. He had to trust his uh, editors. He had to trust his location scouts to all do their job so that together they could do something that one person alone could not have done. And yeah. so now we have this beautiful set of movies that are that the world can enjoy and yet so many people can feel part of and mm. to me that's a beautiful thing that it's not just one man's vision that he sat and in, in his in his room and kept to himself but he's shared it with the world and yeah. we've gotten to enjoy his creativity not to even mention that he was working from Tolkien's original creativity sure. who was himself influenced by all these other influences and right. so in a sense creativity is never just about us and is never just hours and yet at the same time to be able to it's like we've all got one hand on it but Mm. not but not our life force within it and remembering that peter jackson didn't just make those movies he's made lots of other movies and other genres and other bits and pieces and that's while he's known for them that does not actually define him as a person Actually, I tell you what, what, what comes up for me very strongly when you say that was also the thought that, you know, if his hands were still on the Lord of the Rings, even now, he could never yeah. have made the other stuff. That's right. Yes. Yes. It's a, you've got, we've, oh, it's hard, but if you can get to a place where you can hold things lightly mm. and not have your defenses up when other people are suggesting ways that you may be able to better achieve your vision. And most people are are really honouring, well, in my experience, are really honouring of your of the original artist's creative vision and want to stay faithful and true to that. And I'm sure Peter Jackson would have had that in mind, wanting to stay as true to Tolkien's original vision as he could, but to yeah. add his own Peter Jackson flavour. And so, yeah. again, coming back to if we can be secure enough in ourselves and enjoying who we are and not feeling like my worth as a person depends on the success of this creative project, Yep. then um, it becomes a much healthier and much more collaborative way of living and also a much stronger creative product in the end, I believe. 
I, I completely agree. I, I think also you're you're open to, and I would hope Peter Jackson has had this a lot, but for any creative as well listening to, that what you also open yourself up to is the experience where somebody can now come to you and say, hey, that thing that you made, that thing that you did really moved me. And yes. that's, that's incredibly rewarding. Um, oh, yes. In the occasions where I've been performing in different places as well, when somebody comes up to you afterwards and just, you know, takes a moment to say that, like, again, yeah. you can only do that when you've been prepared to do something and put yes. it out there. Yeah. You only get the reward if you're prepared to take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, when, when you're talking about how you, how you become that kind of a person, this is why, again, I, I love what you've done with, with compass checkers and why I'll come back to this point as well for a moment that, yeah. you know, we, we do need to draw our worth from something like we, we're going to do that. Yes. And, you yes. know, like I've observed people saying, Oh, you know, I just want to get, I just, I just don't want to care what anybody else thinks. I was like, really? Like, that's mm. a lovely goal. Like I understand why you might think that, but you're never going to get to a place where you never care what anybody thinks. Like if you didn't yeah. literally be a psychopath. Yes. That's, you know, yes. Like, I want to be a psychopath. No, you really don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like when I think of what you're, what you're doing with, with compass checkers is that you're also creating a, a community of people. And mm. it's a reminder to me as well that you don't need a huge number of people mm. to, to give you that, you know, like some people think, you know, they yeah. need the whole world to approve of, of who they are and, and celebrate what they do. Whereas mm. I think what your, your group proves and in my experience already does is that it just provides a, a core group of people that can say, Hey, we yeah. believe in you. We support you. We encourage you. Yes. That, that can often be enough. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I'm thinking also the, of the example of, I've got a, a young niece and nephew who I love to spend time with. Mm. They don't understand what I do. They don't, they don't know that I run compass checkers. They don't know that I create stuff. They've been to my shows, so they sort of understand that, but they love me because I'm auntie and Mm. that's, that's essentially my identity. It's got nothing to do with what I've produced or what success I've achieved. And so having those people in your world that love you, whether you're, whether you're up or whether you're down or whatever, it's about who you are as a person and having those people, whether it's family or friends or preferably both, yeah. Uh, to be able to just reaffirm you and remind you that you are awesome and you are worthy of love. And that helps you in turn to be able to feed yourself with that yeah. self-compassion and self-love and, and remind you, well, if they love me, then I can't be all bad. And so there must be some good. <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah. Well, look, in the, in the time that we've got left as well, I was just thinking, why don't we try and make this a little bit practical for some people as well? So yeah. what I would love to hear from you now would be, Imagining somebody listening to this and is saying, okay, I want to make this a year where I am more true to my compass as well, that I yeah. make those moves towards being authentic and, and whatever the words might be a person could use. So yes. where would you get a person to begin? Imagining someone listening right now and saying, okay, Vicky, I, I, I like what you're saying. What yeah. do I do? Where would you begin? Okay. Well, first of all, come to Compass Checkers on February the 7th. <laughs> um, and as a side note, by the way, for people, I am going to put the links to uh, the Compass Checkers website, which is compasscheckers.com. Yes? Yes. Yeah, yes. That's right. Um, and yeah. also you can go to facebook.com slash compasscheckers, I think, and that's the, the page yes. for that as well. Yeah, but yeah you're up there. Anyway. Yep, um, so shameless yeah, plugs well, out of the way. Yep. Um, if you don't want to do that, or even if you do, uh, I think <laughs> take some time, shut the door, sit on your bed, and ask yourself, what do I really want my life to look like? Mm. If I'm looking back from my 80th birthday, 
Yeah. What will I wish that I had done? Yeah. Be honest with yourself and don't don't worry if you don't know all the answers in that session, but just start to let the ideas bubble up to the surface. Mm. And if something pops up that makes you go, ooh, then Google it and mm. see if there's a group in your area that meets and talks about that thing or see if there's something online that you could learn or study about that thing. Yeah, so, so the two steps, have, have an honest moment with yourself and then take some action outside of your current experience. Mm, yeah, well, just, just do something, right? Just do something. <laughs> Again, the VCR problems, right? Like the simplest thing in the world and yet the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> just do something. <laughs> well, what? Right. well, anything. Well, how do I do it? However you want. Uh. Yeah, because you'll never get to, oh, what's the quote? You'll never get to new territory without taking an unknown path. Yeah. 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 And, and there's nothing that, look, I'll say this for myself as well. Cause I used to, um, I used to be concerned that if I took a step like that, what if I ended up going down a path that I didn't want to be on? Yeah, yeah. Or it, it turned out, but no, this is, this wasn't the thing. And it's again, maybe it sounds too simple to say it, but one of the things that I, I realized I need to give myself permission for was that once I explored something and discovered more about it, I could reevaluate. Like I'm not, yes. I'm not committing the next 20 years of my life to this thing. I'm going to right. commit the next 90 days, yes. maybe. Yes. Or maybe the next oh, 30 days. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I actually wrote a, a, an article about this recently because the irony is that the fear of getting stuck in something that you don't like yeah. is actually what's keeping you stuck in a place that you don't like. <laughs> because, so yeah, yeah, it's actually that fear of committing to something because yeah. like you say, you're not committing 20 years. You're just committing the next little while. And mm. as they say, it's easier to move an already moving ship. Yeah. It's harder to get started. But if you go down a trail, you realize that it's not what you wanted, but it's given you a clue that you mm. didn't have before about what you didn't want. Even if it's just eliminated one thing, then that's yes. progress. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. find too, and this is the, the, the fun of the, the discovery for it as well for me, is that often you, you, know, you have a picture in your mind of what a thing will be. But you're, you yeah. don't really know until you start doing it. No, no. You know? and, and you can go, oh, okay, I think like one of my favorites going back a little while ago was um, I actually did some work in a school and we talked to people mm -hmm. about law. And there's yeah. this idea that, that teenagers in particular have about law that is shaped by TV shows. Yes. Uh, that if you've met actual lawyers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yep. God bless them. We need, we need lawyers for some reason. Yeah, um, no, I'll behave. Uh, but, <laughs> but actual lawyers are not TV lawyers, man. Like it's not that. Yeah. But if you decided that you wanted to look into law, then you go, okay, cool. Find out what actual law is like. You might discover that there are things about it that, oh, what is it about law that I like? Maybe it's just the learning. Maybe it's the, the, the yeah. debating part of it. Um, yeah, maybe it is the, the mental challenge of it. That's cool. Keep that and throw the rest of it out the window. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's just, like I said, it's giving you some more clues and some more clarity as to mm. the things that you love and why you love them. And that's going to help you in your continual exploration. And so often it's, it's like we've talked about before, it's about the journey. It's not just, mm. okay, right. I've, I know the answers to my life now and now I'm just going to go live it. Yeah. Uh, we've got our whole life to discover and outwork um, what it is that we want to do and what contribution we want to make. Yeah. And, and you've talked, I know a, a, a bit of before about the, how much being aware of your own energy can provide really powerful yes. clues to that. Do you want to speak to that for a little bit? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, that concept of there's a, there's a great show on Netflix at the moment called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, and it's about oh. a beautiful little Japanese lady who lives in America and helps people declutter their lives. But yes. anyway, I say that because she, she says when you're trying to decide whether or not to keep an item in your life, you pick it up and you hold it in your hands and you ask yourself, does this spark joy? Does this wow. spark joy for me? And if it doesn't, then it doesn't need to be part of your life. And so mm. learning to understand your own physiolog- physiology uh, and physiological reaction to something is, does this spark joy? Does it conversely sometimes, does this spark fear and uncomfortableness? Because that's a clue as well. And I'm, listening I'm, to the clues that your body gives you. Yeah, I, I need to confess at this moment, I had the most wicked thought of you just walking up to different people that you know and putting your hands yeah. on their shoulders. I mean, like, does this spark joy in my life? <laughs> you said that, Andrew, not me. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be so good. Oh. Anyway, sorry, I probably completely torpedoed the point you were making. but I, Oh, I, no, no, that's all good. But yeah. And I thought, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yes. Learn thyself. Learn thyself. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. Huh. All right. So look, um, we've touched on this a little bit, but we'll, let's, let's recap for people as well. If people want to get involved in, in, in Compass Checkers in particular, so we, we're talking yeah. about it's, it's once, a, once a month on a Thursday yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the website again is compasscheckers.com. Yes. Yep. Um, and uh, they can also find, find details about what you're doing via Facebook and, and that sort of thing as well. Um, That's right. Yeah. So any other kind of um, thoughts as well in terms of what what's what's kind of giving you energy right now? What's um, what's motivating you and driving your compass as we go into twenty nineteen? That is a great question. I think the possibilities of the things that I haven't tried before, and really, um, I, I've made the decision to hone in and focus more on creativity and helping creative types and making that a specialty in my coaching. And so I'm. I think a a key to discovering what your purpose in life is, is realizing that there's this thing in my life that I just want to keep getting better at. And I just want to keep getting better at writing and structuring story and telling story and coaching people creatively to uh, engage with life's amazing creative possibilities. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm excited about. And that's going to look like workshops. It's going to look like one-on-one coaching. It's going to look like um, bigger events, but it's also going to look like creating my own, theater uh, writing i'm working on my first novel at the moment and cool. yeah the the exciting creative possibilities of what hasn't been created yet and what hasn't been done yet that is fueling me at the moment oh wow that's that's just super exciting i love all of that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wish you all the best with all that i'm looking forward to seeing you Thank again you. anyway if not before because i'm going to be at the next um, couple checkers event so yay. if you needed any more endorsement everybody there it is <laughs> Um, Andrew so yes. thinks it's good. He's going to exactly, be there. Exactly. <laughs> so com for that, or you can check out Facebook. And um, so that is us for now. So I want to thank you for listening too. If you've been listening along and something in particular has stood out to you, I, I love to hear the impact that it's had on those who have been listening too. So if you want to take a moment, I haven't asked you to do much for me before. It's 2019. So just do me a favor <laughs> here. If something stood out to you in this, you can get in touch with me via the Andrew Curtis show at gmail.com. That's the Andrew Curtis show, all one word at gmail.com. And you'll also find links to the different sites and things we've talked about as well for compass checkers in the description of this episode. So that is us uh, for another ep. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. 